Hey, this is Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Hey, what's up, Prosperity Nation? I am so grateful to see you all here today. Welcome to week two of this prosperity ministry as we share the principles of prosperity, free enterprise, and generosity around the world. So excuse me while I while I snatch some prosperity from the air. What am I doing? Is that just crazy? Is that theatrical show business? No, I believe there's actually science behind it. Let me share a story. Uh, trying to think back when the Dodge Viper came out. I'm gonna guess it was around 1996. And I remember watching TV one night and a commercial came on with Lee Iacocca and the model of the, like the trade show build out that they had done of the Viper. And I was just, <gasps> I mean, it was, to me, it was simply fine art. It was um, as though just standing still, that car looked like it was going 200 miles an hour. It was just one of the most elegant, beautiful uh, pieces of architecture and later learned of engineering and power. And I've always been a... Uh, a Detroit steel muscle car kind of guy. And so when they were gonna, I was like, oh my God, I have to own this automobile. Uh, trying to remember the price then, and remember this back is 96. So I think it was like the, the, the sticker price opened at 75,000 or 95,000, but nobody was buying it for that. I mean, dealers were saying, okay, We've got four in the allotment. We're selling them for 150,000 or 200,000. Uh, it was just crazy, right? The fever for this. And this was not, you know, at that stage of my career, I wasn't really in a position to, uh, it wouldn't be prudent for me to spend that kind of money on a car, but I was like, I've got to have that car. And uh, so I was doing my prosperity manifestation map uh, near the end of the year. And I got a magazine, a Rob Report or one of those car magazines. And I got a picture of a Dodge Viper and put it on my prosperity map. So I could visualize that. So I could manifest that and program that into my subconscious mind that one day that car would be mine. So um, I'm doing a consulting contract with a company and uh, they're doing, I think, you know, don't quote me on the numbers, but I think they were doing you know, $200,000 a month or something. And they were hiring me to consult with them and help them develop their sales. And so I said, okay, here's the deal. So we were negotiating the contract and I said, here's the deal. When I get you to $2 million a month, you're gonna buy me a Dodge Viper. 
And the CFO was like, oh, forget about that. We can't do that. The taxes that I'm like, listen, I don't want to hear your personal problems. If I get your sales to $2 million a month, you send me one of those down to Miami. And the CFO was just, no, no, no. And, and the CEO was like, dude, it's a deal. You get us to $2 million a month, I will buy you a Viper. So maybe it's six, seven months later, I get a call from the CEO and he says, listen, uh, we didn't hit 2 million a month yet. We are only at 1.8 million or whatever the number is, but I'm so happy with the progress you've done. I wanna send you the Viper now. Uh, I have a friend, he owns the largest Viper dealership in the world. He's found this, he had somebody, it's a casino owner in Las Vegas. He had this, uh, a special one-of-a-kind Viper. It's got these louvers in the side of the air slots and uh, all kind of special modifications. Uh, and he's going through divorce, so he had to sell his car. So this dealership has the, the, the Viper and uh, I wanna send it to you. I'm like, dude, love it, perfect. What's the problem? He says, well, there's only one problem. The car is black. And I know you want a red one. And I'm like, mm, wow. He said, but it's black, but there's no other Viper like this in the world. This is state of the art, one of a kind. This is the company that built the original concept car for the auto show, did these uh, modifications and it's racing exhaust and racing this. And uh, I'm like, okay, let me think about this. I'm going to call you back. So I hop on my bike, I drive down to, pedal down to Ocean Drive where I like to bike ride uh, here in South Beach. And I get down to Lario's on the beach, which is the restaurant Gloria and Emilio Stefan have here. And there's two Vipers in front of the restaurant, a black one and a red one. And I ride by and I, and I ride by. And then finally I, I stop, I get off my bike and I look at each of them and I go back and I call Matt and say, dude, I want the black one, send it. And a few days later, the car arrived. Now, why do I tell you that story? I tell you this story to illustrate two different points, maybe three different points. And then I wanna tell you why I think it's not metaphysical woo woo to say, I, I, I snatched prosperity from the air but to say this followed the scientific principles of physics. Because lesson number one, I believe I manifested that car because it was on my dream board. And every time I walked past the dream board, uh, it was programming into my subconscious mind. Uh, lesson number two was <clears throat> the picture that I had taken from the magazine was a black viper, not a red one. So even though I had said, <clears throat> and I had told Matt, I want a red one, and the original commercial with Lee Iacocca was a red one, the, the, you know, when I went to the magazine, the only one I found was a black one. So I didn't think about it. I cut out the black viper and I put it on the thing. And I got to tell you, I own nine or 10 different vipers now in my life. And I had red ones and black ones and yellow ones and white ones and none of them will ever be as special to me as that very first Viper. 
In fact, I, I couldn't even just sell it when I was done. I had to sell it to my friend, Art Jonak, so that I knew it would still be in the family and I could go and visit it, you know, <laughs> if, I, if I needed to. <clears throat> and then the third reason I'm telling you the story, I want to read from you a book by Reverend Charles Fillmore. The book is called Prosperity, uh, subtitled, Discover the Spiritual Secrets to a Life of Abundance and Purpose. So Charles Fillmore, if you're not familiar with him, Charles and his wife Myrtle were the co-founders of the Unity Church. <clears throat> now this book was written, by the way, just so you know where I'm coming from here, this book was written in 1936. So let me read something to you. <clears throat> the dynamic power of the supermind in man has been sporadically displayed by men and women of every nation. It is usually connected with some religious rite in which mystery and priestly authority prevail. The so-called common herd are kept in darkness with respect to the source of the superhuman power of occult adepts and holy men. But we have seen a great light in the discovery by physical scientists that the atom conceals electronic energies whose mathematical arrangement determines the character of all the fundamental elements of nature. Little further, what we have been taught about the glories of heaven pales into insignificance compared with the glories of the radiant rays, popularly referred to as the ether. So hold that, remember that word, ether, okay? Hold that in mind. And speaking of unity, is that Dr. James Trapp I see live and in color in LA down there in my screen? Great to see you, Brother James. Uh, this is a book he will know very, very well. All right, so a little bit further. So remember that word ethers, right? The ethers, that's what I was snatching ideas out of a little earlier, right? So uh, here's what else Reverend Fillmore says here. The scientists tell us that the ether is charged with electricity, magnetism, light rays, X-rays, cosmic rays, and other dynamic radiations, that it is the source of all life, light, heat, energy, gravitation, attraction, repulsion. In short, this is the interpenetrating essence of everything that exists on earth. And then the final thing I wanna read you from here, um, the spiritual substance, ethers, remember the spiritual substance, he's, he's, he was positing that there is this spiritual substance in the ethers surrounding us. The spiritual substance from which comes all visible wealth is never depleted. It is right with you all the time and responds to your faith in it and your demands on it. It is not affected by our ignorant talk of hard times, 
Though we are affected because our thoughts and words govern our demonstration. The unfailing resource is always ready to give. It has no choice in the matter. It must give for that is its nature. So think about this. It is not affected by our ignorant talk. What does he mean by that? Our, our ignorant talk. I'll tell you what he means by that. Although he wrote it in 1936. He means the people who are saying all day today, oh my God, 2020, what a year that was. Oh, this 2020 kicked me in the teeth. The, the, it's the people who say, oh, what's going on in the world, right? Oh, the pandemic, oh, the economic uh, problems. That does not affect the substance, the spiritual substance in the universe around you is what Reverend Fillmore is saying. What he's saying is you affect your ability to demonstrate us. And I will posit that prosperity surrounds us in the ethers, and there is no place in the universe that prosperity is not. And, you know, I titled this lesson uh, Manifesting Prosperity on the Physical Plane, because that's really how I see my work is how do I take universal, timeless teachings, stuff like Fillmore, Ernest Holmes, science of mind, Napoleon Hill, and interpret it for people on into practical application. How do we manifest prosperity and the physical plane? And I posit it, the mechanism that we do that is the medium of ideas. So we snatch that prosperity manifested into the physical realm through the power of ideas. And what I'm telling you today is, I don't think this is some woo-woo uh, crazy concept by some dope smoking person eating you know, ayahuasca in a teepee in Arizona while they're you know, tripping out on other magic mushrooms or what. I'm telling you, I think this is physics. This is science. This is the universal scientific laws that govern our existence. So let's take, I wanna dig deeper into this, but I, I do wanna take a little detour first. And I wanna talk about what is prosperity? What, what's the definition of prosperity? Because I really didn't talk about that last week in the first uh, lesson that we did. And because there was just so much I wanted to get through in that first time. Um, but I, I think it's important that make sure we're all on the same wavelength now. Um, because this message is going around where I see Jorge Melendez there on my screen. I see Jose Lopez on my screen. They are going to be sharing these lessons in Espanol through Latin America. Uh, Alexander Dimitrenko is gonna be sharing this lesson in Russia and Kazakhstan and Ukraine. Um, so let's make sure everybody all around the world as we're looking at this topic that we've all got the same basic definition. Uh, prosperity 
is holistic. It should include health, harmony, spiritual grounding, and money and material things. And it's really important to me to make that distinction because uh, there's a lot of new thought and new age prosperity teachers um, teaching prosperity lessons and courses and ebooks and retreats, and they haven't manifested prosperity yet, right? And they may say, well, I, you know, I have great relationships, so uh, the money thing, oh my goodness, we have uh, uh, somebody with a uh, nice little porno scene here. Let me see if I know how to uh, block that person or remove him. <laughs> remove, rem okay, clever. <laughs> uh, submit, what do you want to report? Okay, I'll tell you later, done. I mean, I don't mind the extra entertainment, but <laughs> this, is, this is the world today, right? <laughs> So, uh, so people are teaching prosperity stuff and they're got part of it, but I think you need to have all of it, right? So it's really important that we have all of those things. And the ones that are usually excluded are the money and material things because there's so much negative programming in our society about that, that money is bad or rich people are evil. And um, so it's really easy to, you know, I, I have a friend, he's got a shirt that says, you know, there's no reason for billionaires, right? I think that's a very prejudicial belief. And I don't think that belief serves him, right? Or serves any of us. I think it's wonderful that there are billionaires because you become a billionaire by adding value and solving problems and you know you you add value to the equation and of course you i know there are billionaires who are do bad things with their money and there are billionaires that do good things with their money so let's not judge money by that because remember money at its ultimate level is just energy vibrations and that's the point that's why i'm reading you this little excerpt from reverend fillmore today because Everything in our universe is at its ultimate, ultimate, ultimate level, energy vibrations. And that's what he was talking about when he said um, that people can, you know, that this is energy and energy can be uh, attracted, energy that can be repulsed. Um, this screen that you're watching, whether you're on your laptop, your phone, whatever it is, that's actually ultimately energy vibrations. This microphone I'm speaking into, this pen I'm holding up, uh, this desk that I've got my uh, laptop on. This is all, you know, if, if we wanted to take this desk to a university that had a neutrino beam, we could actually fire that neutrino beam through this desk and it could go in between the particles, the what we call solid particles of this desk. And proportionately, the difference between that beam and the nearest uh, particle, what solid particle, proportionally is the same as the, or, or greater than the difference between the space between the Earth and the moon on a proportionate basis. Most of what we call solid is 99.99999% space. 
And what Fillmore is teaching in the book is that the, not just the, what we call solid particles, but it's the space between the particles. This is the ethers and this is what we manifest. Um, so when we, so when I say, okay, so the holistic view of this, money and material things are important because you can have wonderful, joyous relationships. You can have, be at your optimal levels of health. But if you're having the power company turn your lights off because you couldn't pay the bill and all the frozen stuff is melting in the freezer and the perishable stuff is getting spoiled, that's not prosperity. I've been there. I know that, right? When you worry, if I don't find a way to pay this rent, I'm going to get evicted. That's not prosperity, right? So yes, we can agree that money doesn't buy happiness, but we also have to agree that poverty doesn't buy happiness. And what money and material things do is they allow you expression, which can make you a happier person. So what I want to do every Saturday in our time together is talk about how to live a prosperous life in this whole holistic um, method, meaning the, the health, the harm, you know, you'll notice it's not, uh, I don't talk about religion here. I will study religion. Well, you see, we're talking about Reverend Fillmore. This is not a church. This is not a religion. I call it the unchurch because it is a, uh, just a spiritual community studying, again, the principles of prosperity, free enterprise, and generosity. And that's what we're going to deal with every week. It's just lessons, lessons in living, lessons in how to live a, a prosperous life. So um, let's go back to practical application now. How do we uh, manifest this on the physical realm? And by the way, if you didn't check in at some point, just type in the chat, just say, hey, and let me know where you're watching from. I like to see where we're going out to around the world. And I always, uh, you know, I can't keep up with everything during the broadcast, but I always go back and watch it later. Uh, and please share this with the people in your world. This is the, you know, we're practicing the circulation law of prosperity every week when we're here. Um, this is, um, this is why this is a for-profit ministry, why it's not a religion. I, because I want to demonstrate to you, I'm going to, you know, the, the whole point, the idea, remember we use ideas to, to manifest prosperity. My idea of this was, okay, I'm going to demonstrate how I manifest prosperity by taking an idea, in this case, creating this worldwide ministry on the principles of prosperity. So practical application, there are three delivery mechanisms for manifesting prosperity on the physical realm, physical plane. Number one is to solve problems. And somebody do me a favor and type these in the chat. Number one is to solve problems. Number two is to add value. 
And number three is to envision possibilities. So let's, let's double click on each of those. You know, how do we solve problems? Uh, how does that play out in terms of practical application? Well, let's take Elon Musk. Elon looked at, okay, what is the, look at what's going on with pollution. Look at how we're destroying our environment. Uh, fossil fuels are a finite resource on this planet. And all of these gas guzzling cars going around are making the air unbreathable and it's affecting our planet. Uh, he had the idea to have cars run on renewable electricity through a, a renewable battery, which could be powered by the sun. That is an idea. And that idea as of, I think, uh, Friday made him the wealthiest human being on earth. An idea, right? He's, now, what was the idea? The idea was he saw a problem and he found a way to solve it. Second thing is when we add value. Anytime you can, whether it's a company, a nonprofit, an organization, any entity, if you can show them how to add value to their process, that creates more prosperity and they will joyfully, lovingly, gratefully throw money at you for helping enhance their process. So if you can show General Motors how to make a car and make the taillights cheaper, they'll say, wow, we produce millions of cars if we save 30 cents on every tail's light, that is millions of dollars. And we will happily pay someone a portion of that if they show us how to add value to that. If you show them how to make their production line go quicker, more efficient. So anyway, we can make it cheaper, better, faster, more productive, all of those things, we're adding value to the equations. <clears throat> so like when you, if you saw my investment portfolio, the companies that I invest in to grow my own wealth, I've got companies like Shopify, because I look at, wow, they make it possible for anybody to build a e-commerce store. And I'm not, I'm not getting any commissions from them. I don't, you know, there's no affiliate thing here. I'm just giving you an example. They are, they added value to the internet. So I invest, so a company like Square, a company like Stripe, uh, they add value to the equation. So those are the kind of companies I want to invest in because I see them becoming more prosperous because they know how to do, they know how to A, solve problems and B, add value. And then the third uh, medium or mechanism is to envision possibilities. And this is a little more esoteric, but I think it's still really practical application. So if we look at what Steve Jobs has done with Apple, um, what he did with Apple, I mean, let's talk first about the iPod, right? Some of you, you're going to have to Google that because you're too young to remember it, right? But for old people like me, this was crazy. This little tiny thing that we could carry around a thousand songs. 
when we were used to cassette tapes and eight track tapes and CDs and boom boxes, and we needed these big bulky machines to carry around music. And then the idea of this little pocket sized thing that we could have a thousand songs on, it wasn't so much a problem. Nobody was saying, well, I want to take uh, 800 CDs with me to the beach to listen to my music. It was more he envisioned the possibility. And then when he envisioned the possibility and said, what about if we took this mobile phone, that people like the idea of this mobile phone, but what about if we allowed them to play music with that? What about if we allowed them to download apps with that? What about if we allowed them to access the internet with that? He envisioned the possibility. He took and he, he created an idea and literally snatched prosperity from the ethers by envisioning a possibility. And finally, look at the iPad, right? There was nobody in the world saying, you know what I need? I need a tablet in between the size of my cell phone and my laptop that I could carry around and type on and send messages and check email and access the internet. Nobody in the world was thinking about that, but he did. He had an idea, right? So no, nobody was saying, I need an iPad, but he envisioned the possibility. And when he did so, everyone who saw it or almost everybody who saw it said, oh, I gotta have one of those. I want one of those. That will add value to my life. That will solve a problem that I didn't even know I had because he envisioned the possibilities. So that's what I mean in terms of practical application, how we manifest it. So again, I'm gonna go back to my example here because I'm gonna, we're now at the love offering portion of the program, right? If you, when you saw this, you said, wow, what's the price? And there was no price. It just said love offering basis. What is that? That's the idea that I used to, and not that I thought of it. Many people have done this for many years. But I saw that and said, this would be a way. Here was the problem I had in my case. So I've been teaching these principles of prosperity for 25 or 30 years now. And I've done really well at it. I've been blessed, right? I have clients. So I have companies who give me million dollar consulting contracts. I have people in my coaching program that pay me $10,000 a year to be in the program. But I always felt a responsibility to offer stuff for people who can't afford that kind of money. And that's why I do my Power Prosperity podcast. That's why I do my Prosperity TV YouTube channel, try to offer books which are very reasonably priced. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, millions of posts on social media. And I try to circulate this knowledge in and help people. Uh, I really, at my essence, consider myself a philosopher, which upsets many around, maybe not many, let me not affirm that, but like I had a, a PhD uh, in philosophy in one of my seminars once. And he's like, you can't call yourself a philosopher. You're a high school dropout. How dare you? I went to college for 10 years. I've got a doctorate. And I'm like, I don't care what you say. 
I'm a philosopher. That's in essence what I do every day. Because the thing that I've discovered and why I created these weekly lessons is we don't need more information in the world right now. We're, we're just overwhelmed with information. You know, get on your cable TV, there's a thousand channels. We have channels on horse racing. We have channels on making pastry. We have channels on badminton. We have channels on embroidery, you know what I mean? And there's blogs and there's podcasts. No matter what the topic is, there's a blog, power podcast, website, TV channel. Oh, you know, it's not like there's a, a, a dearth of information. The problem is we're overwhelmed with information and we got to know how do we process it? And that's the kind of the challenge that I've taken for myself and I'm taking for this new ministry of prosperity. So how can I take a principle that Charles Fillmore wrote in 1936? And how can I show someone how to apply that uh, on January uh, 9th, 2021, uh, when half the people in their Facebook feed say, if you don't support Donald Trump or Boris Johnson, unfollow me, I hate you, I'm blocking you, don't ever speak to me again. And the other half in your Facebook feed are saying, if you support Donald Trump or Boris Johnson or whoever, unfollow me, unfriend me, I'm blocking you, I don't ever speak to me again. You know, the toxicity in social media, the, the, the drama and the trauma in the social discourse. How do we stay grounded? How do we stay harmonious? How do we stay prosperous? So that's really what I'm doing here. And I, I want to model the behavior where I'm just, so I feel like we don't need more sources of information we need people to help us interpret that information. We need philosophers, men and women and non-binary whatever, who say, hey, let's look at this idea, let's look at this concept, and let's talk about how you can apply it to live a prosperous life. So that's my mission here. If you wanna support it, please go to randygage.com forward slash go. And that's the page to support the work. And you can credit card, PayPal, Venmo, however you want. And the idea is if you can't support the work, you're just at such a, 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 a threatening place of your life. Great. This way you've got the ability to access it for free. And if you do have the ability to support the work, and you want to support the work so that I can keep providing it to other people who can't support the work, you can do that. So that's what now. So if you want to think about what you want to do to support the work, I want to read our offering statement and we can affirm it together. And then I want to talk about um, after that, I want to really tie this together with a bow, how we take these ideas and manifest them. But if so, if you want to follow along, randygage.com forward slash go, I have the, the statement there and you can affirm it with me. And we're just sending this energy around the world through the internet. Um, 
Here it is. Prosperity begins with me. Holding this seed offering in my hand or my heart, I send it forth as a vessel of hope, healing, and highest good, knowing that it blesses myself, the recipient, and the universe around us. I mentioned James here, you know, we, we spent a lot of years together in the Unity Church and some of the other people on here, right? We always end with the peace song and the peace song says, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. And that's what I think we do here. We're going to do here every week. We're going to go with the mantra of there is prosperity everywhere in the universe and it begins with me right? Because you can't be treated for prosperity. Nobody can create prosperity for you. You have to be open to receive it. We're going to really look at this in one of the future lessons, because there is no medicine on earth you can take that will make you more prosperous. There is no medical procedure that any doctor or nurse can do to make you more prosperous. You have to be open to receiving it. And so what we're discussing today is the mechanism for how you do that, how you snatch, understand that you could be in Liberty City or Overtown right here in Miami. You could be in National City in San Diego. You could be down, and I know we've got people from Africa here, Sub-Sahara Africa, places, uh, Haiti, places of abject poverty that on the surface you would say, It appears there is no prosperity here. You could be watching this from a homeless shelter, uh, from on the street being a person in transition without a home. And it could appear that there's no prosperity around you. But I want you to understand there is prosperity around you. There is prosperity around you everywhere you go. And there's prosperity around you everywhere in the universe. And we manifest it from the ethers through the power of, or through the medium of ideas. J.K. Rowling, single mother, raising kids, on welfare. She thought she needed more money. She didn't need more money. She needed the idea for Harry Potter. Mark Cuban, struggling entrepreneur, failed and failed and failed and failed again. He thought he needed more money, but no, he needed the idea for live streaming sports events which he sold, I think, for $3.4 billion or $4.3 billion, that first company. And he famously said, you only need to be right once, one time, right? Jeff Bezos, another investment banker, didn't like the scene, wanted to be an entrepreneur, thought he needed money, but he didn't really need money. He needed the idea for Amazon.com. So, Here is my closing thought to you today. Well, first, let me affirm this. We have an affirmation I like to do every week, too. 
we celebrate the following truth. We have prosperity because we choose to accept it. We circulate prosperity joyfully, lovingly, and gratefully. We become prosperity by generous daily living. Prosperity surrounds us everywhere in the universe, yet we know it begins with us. So here's my final thought, and I'm going to send you forth to your week to be fruitful and prosperous. And here's what I would end with. Nobody actually has a money shortage. What they suffer from is an idea shortage. So if you got on here today thinking that you need more money or you have people in your world and they think they need more money, I'm going to say, do you really have a money shortage or do you have an idea shortage? All right. Peace. I love you guys. Please share these principles, share this link, tell your friends about it, and let's grow this prosperity ministry around the world. Thanks, everybody. Peace out. Hey, thanks for listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Do me a favor and practice the circulation law of prosperity and tell people about Prosperity TV. So if you would, just put something up on your Tumblr, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube. Uh, let people know what you think of the Power Prosperity podcast. Even take a screenshot of your phone and maybe post that picture uh, so we can build the community here at the podcast. Thanks, guys.